to slip the uprights. You got your boy Ryan, you got your boy Ben, and we are finally back with another episode for you guys. Life has really uh, hit us pretty hard these last couple weeks, but we are back at it with some football news and some fun takes for you guys. Ben, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. We have a pair of drafts today to catch people up. We sure do. We got some fun stuff for you guys. We're going to have a good draft and a bad draft. We're going to go ahead and we're going to go back and forth and decide what is the good things going on in the NFL today and what are the bad things. Ben, you got any uh, little previews for our listeners here? A preview for the drafts? Yeah. Go ahead and talk. tell them what they're about to hear. Oh. Oh, oh, um, previews for the drafts. Well, I have more bad than good. I will say that. Well, we are setting up ourselves for a lovely show then, right? I have more bad than good. But the last time we recorded was before week six. So it was after week five, right? I think it was actually after week four. I think we missed two weeks. Oh, we missed two weeks. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I got to get my bearings. So we uh, not only did we miss two weeks, but we missed two weeks of picks. So we'll have to pick that back up in the next pod. Absolutely. Um, yeah, there won't be any um, any line bets, any predictions on this show, but we will get back into that next show and we will get these two drafts rolling. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and, well, since you had more for the bad, do you want to do bad first and then get into the good stuff to end, or you want to go good, then bad? Whenever I get a series of news and someone says, do you want the good news first or the bad news? I definitely want the bad news first, and I want to end on a good note. I think that's the way we got to do it today. All right, let's go ahead and get this bad boy started. No pun intended there. But, slight pun yeah, intended. Slight pun. And I'm going to let you go ahead and go first here. You are going to get the number one overall pick in the bad draft. And you are on the clock, sir. All right, so we recorded after week four, before week five. And the worst thing that's happened over these last two weeks since we've recorded is the Dak Prescott injury absolutely terrible breaks his ankle compound fracture bone is sticking out of his leg and he's out for the year he's being carted off the field crying teammates saluting him he's saluting the crowd an emotional time very emotional moment and um obviously this is compounded by the fact no pun intended by the fact that um slight pun intended no that was uh, (laughs) he had not been paid yet and so it remains to be seen if he's going to get all of his money he absolutely should we saw what happened after he got hurt and andy dalton had to take over uh the next game um you know they, they won the game that he took over in the middle of but that was against the giants and so you know he comes in and they immediately look like ass and so the dak prescott injury uh pulling the rug out 
from a great Cowboys offense with three great wide receivers is absolutely tragic. And it makes that NFC East all the more worse. So the Dak Prescott injury. Yeah, I am right there with you, man. That was that was a rough one. Uh, we saw the effects of Dak not being in there on Monday night against the Cardinals, uh, where the Cardinals uh, whooped that cowboy ass, thirty-eight to ten. <laughs> whooped that cowboy ass. <laughs> they sure did. Jesus. Yeah, it was rough. It was really rough. Uh, Dalton just looked like a shell of his even his his former self. Uh, Zeke couldn't hold on to the ball. Um, the receivers. What the hell's going on, dude? Zeke. Why, why can't he hold on to the ball? I don't know. He had three fumbles against the Falcons in week two. I don't know what's going on with Zeke. It's a, it's a, been a strange season, and the Cowboys are having a really rough time. They have like, uh, was there a thirtieth ranked defense or something like that? Probably worse now. That has not slowed down. No. The first four weeks, they were absolutely terrible on defense. And it has not gotten better in the slightest. And, um, you know, they, they were rumored to be possibly interested in some defensive free agents before and even in the first few weeks of the season. You know, are they going to possibly kick the tires on Earl Thomas? Are they going to try and trade for Jamal Adams? Uh, they haven't done any of those things. And they they were they let go of Haha right you know they were the yep. team that let let go of Haha Clinton Dix apparently he can't play for this team, and so that's absolutely ridiculous and so oh uh, man it's going to be just it's so tragic because that team is so fun to watch in terms of their offense and it's just being limited now. Yeah, it's 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 just a whole rough scenario in general. Uh, and the whole and I'm gonna go ahead and take my second uh pick here, and I'm gonna kind of piggyback off yours. Um, and I'm gonna just say the entire NFC East is garbage. Uh, mm. There's not a good team in this division. Uh, Philadelphia is looking to be the best. Technically, the Cowboys are in first right now. Because uh, they got that slight win over the Giants, and now they're two and four. Uh, but Eagles are sitting at one four and one. Look like the best team, but they are also pretty garbage. Well, you know why they look like the best team, right? Because they're they are the best team. Yeah. Well, you know why, right? It's because of the All Star Travis Fulgham. This is a big shout out to Ben who picked Travis Fulgham up in our fantasy league. And wants to brag about it right now. No, I'm just saying <laughs> he's the best second year receiver in the league in terms of. Uh, no, I don't know. I was like, where are we going with this, Ben? <laughs> where are we going with this? No, well, you know, honestly, though, he's the best second year receiver that came out of nowhere. Like, yeah. the guys who you were not expecting to be, like, I didn't even. He's the best receiver that you had, did not know the name of before the year. Yeah, no, I, I agree and on that. he's the only receiver who you can trust. I mean, the only guy you can even make an argument for is Greg Ward. I I will combat you on saying that Tim Patrick has been close to as good. Yeah, but he's not I, a second-year receiver. He's been in the league. This is his fourth year. Yeah, but yeah, I was saying, but you didn't know about him. 
Like I knew, yeah, I, did, I knew, I knew Tim Patrick. He hasn't been a like, he hasn't been a big name or anything like that. Yeah, I guess if you're a casual, you don't know about Tim Patrick, but especially if your team plays the Broncos twice a year, you you know you've seen him. You've is he is, is he a tight end? Who's Tim Patrick? But um, no, he's been really good. I hope I saw him go down the sideline, make a crazy catch. He had another pretty good game against the Patriots. Yeah, he, and, he, looked, uh, good. But he got. It looks like he got nicked up on the play. I hope he's all right. I haven't looked into it after. I think he is. I think he's okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but just to continue on this NFC East, we saw Dwayne Haskins get the bench um, in Washington in favor of Kyle Allen, who then got hurt, and we saw a triumphant return of Alex Smith, um, which should be on our good um, draft later, just mm. just be, for him to be back out there. Absolutely. But that team is still garbage. Um, no one's been able to do anything at all. And Which which week did Alex Smith come back? It it was it wasn't it was, I think it was week five. Week five? Yeah, I think I can't remember. Did we talk I, We didn't talk about I guess, it. I guess we didn't talk about that. Uh uh-uh. uh. Um I the weeks run together. They they really do. They really do. Like it's like, Yeah. I don't even remember some of the stuff we talk about, to be honest. And unfortunately, Alex Smith came back and then was forced to give Aaron Donald a piggyback, a piggyback ride. ride on yeah. that surgically repaired leg that could have possibly killed him, uh, was it a year and a half ago or something like that? Yeah, it's yeah. almost two years to the, like, uh, it'll be like, I think it was November the 19th of yeah. 2018, so almost... Uh, almost 24 months at this point, about 23. Right. And then you go ahead and you go to the other team here in the NFC East, the Giants, and Daniel Jones has looked atrocious. They've obviously lost Saquon early in the season. The defense looks horrendous. Uh, this team looks like they're definitely heading for a top three, top five pick. Um, this 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 division combined has a total of five wins, and there are a couple of five win teams around the whole league. And this division combined has five five wins. This division is shit, and that's my pick. How many wins do you think wins this division? Seven. Yeah, have we ever seen a six-win division winner? I don't in think our so. Lifetime? I was thinking, I was thinking, like, man, what's the what's the lowest like like could possibly go where they would actually be the winners of this division? Yeah, and I would think it'd be seven, but maybe with the tie, Philly could win it with six, six, ten, and one. <laughs> this would be six, six, six nine, nine and one. one. Yeah, yeah, they could win it. No, like six, uh, nine, I was just and fast one. forwarding to next year when they got seventeen games. Oh yes, let's go. Yeah, but that that's gonna be my pick. So Ben, you are back on the clock. Okay. Number three overall in the bad news draft. All right, pick number three. I'm gonna, you know, we're not really going for. I don't. We're not like this is not a competition. So we're not like trying to get value. No, I'm gonna no, go no. like sequentially here. Okay. And so I'm gonna go with the Tennessee Titans being absolute dicks. 
Explain, so, man. Explain. So they clearly break COVID protocol while 10 plus players have the coronavirus. They have illegal workouts like on the side, not sanctioned, just in some back alley on some backfield. Um, definitely against the rules. Uh, it's sketchy if they were following all the protocols within their building. Uh, I guess there was some reporting that at least some of it they were following uh, in terms of wearing masks, masks or um, having the tracking technology on there so they could uh, at least do the con- contact tracing um, whenever they could go back and see who uh, you know came in contact with you know, people that tested positive. But then they come back after forcing the Steelers to completely miss their bye week because they were preparing to face the Titans. And that game is now being made up in the upcoming week, right? Week seven. Yep. And um, so the Steelers got the shit into the stick in terms of missing their bye. Um, but, okay, cool. The Titans come back. They're fine now. They, they actually come back and look really good against the Bills. And they forced Josh Allen to make some mistakes. And they, they beat them by a decent margin. And they have the gall to, after the game, Taylor Lewan is like, y'all hate this. Y'all, you know, basically us against the world. Bitch, it's you against yourselves. You guys are giving their, yourselves the coronavirus. Right. Y'all suck. And so. And Taylor Lewan also tore his ACL. Yeah, I mean, that was just, uh, you know, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to say instant karma, but it was just like, hmm. It was like the football gods are, hmm. And so that's my pick. The Titans being dicks, the villains. Yeah, that kind of really threw a wrench in everybody's, you know, weeks, considering like all the teams were kind of affected a little bit by this. Uh, It was very clear that they – did not follow the protocols and kind of screwed things up. And it lasted for almost a week where they were just continuing to get positive tests over and over again. You'd wake up in in the morning and be like, oh, Tennessee Titans have another positive test. Then the next day, Tennessee Titans have another positive test. Then three more tests and all this stuff. And it ended up screwing over a lot of the teams. And then they wanted to talk trash like they're so good and all this and like you, you guys, you you didn't follow the protocols. You didn't do what you were supposed to do. Yeah, you're five and zero, oh, but that's a pretty shitty way to go about things. Like everyone else is trying to do their best. Like just fall in line. Quit being quit being assholes. Right. I mean, it's not like there's no other teams getting positive tests. You know, the Chiefs right. have had you know positive tests on their their practice squad. Um, you know, the um, several other teams have had positive tests. Hey, Falcons have had positive tests. AJ, yeah, AJ and- Terrell missed two weeks on the COVID list. Marlon Davidson and John Kaminsky both missed the last week without uh, with positive tests. You know, it, it's but those things have been contained, and the, and then those teams were able to play. This yeah. was obviously the team not respecting the protocols. And it put a damper on other teams' weeks because of it. Yeah. No, I, I hope the Steelers blow them out this weekend. They, The Titans were the direct cause of them just completely not having a bye. Juju Smith 
Schuster talked about that um, while they were on their, you know, <laughs> Titans imposed bye week. Like, you know, this sucks because, you know, we use that bye to get our bodies right. And that is being taken from us because one team had to be a little bit selfish. Yeah. Pretty, pretty lame. Okay. So I'm going to go back for my, for the number four overall pick here. I'm going to go ahead and stay in the East right now. And I'm going to talk about the AFC East this time. We have plenty of things that have gone wrong in the AFC East. Most notably that I would like to talk about first is poor Ryan Fitzpatrick. Mm. This is a sad, sad moment. While he has led the Dolphins to a second place in the East right now, he was just benched playing after playing really well on their bye week in favor of rookie Tua Tagovailoa. Tagovailoa. Yeah. Tagovailoa. Hey, that's an A, baby. I'm just telling you how they pronounce this man's name. His mama pronounces it like that. Hey, I I pronounce it like a red-blooded American. (laughs) No. No, no, no. What does that mean? He's American. I'm just, you know what I mean. Anyways. (laughs) No, I don't. We're going to go. We're moving on. We're moving on. I can't pronounce things. That's American. Igbenogany. Yeah. I'm not even going to try that one right now. So we're going to, well, basically, the Dolphins blew out the Jets this week, which I'm about to get into here in a second. But Ryan Fitzpatrick looks great. They bring Tua in at the last, for the last couple plays. He goes, Four plays. He goes two for two for nine yards. And guess what? He's the starter. Uh, normally, you see this happen when Ryan Fitzpatrick kind of fizzles out and loses the Fitz magic. But this time, he's sitting here playing at a high level and still gets benched. He right. came out and said that he was very hurt by this. Um, said that he had to sit in a four-hour meeting with the, the guy that replaced him. Um, wasn't, said his heart was broken. Yeah, said his heart was broken. It was, it was rough, and I feel for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, such a journeyman, and he's always, you know, he's always played pretty well, and he was, he was looking good this season, and so... Right. That's for him to just get benched. Um, unless this was the plan all along, which he should have been aware of, but it sounds like he wasn't. Um, I don't think this is the right move for the Dolphins. Uh, but we'll, I mean, maybe Tua has been killing it in practice and we don't know. Um, but it's, I, I just wanted to give a big shout out and this sucks for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I have a theory on what probably took place. You know, they probably had multiple different plans of attack for getting Tua involved in this season, Um, depending on his health, depending on how he looked on the scout team and practice. And, I mean, also depending a little bit on how their season was going. 
And so they probably circled the bye week as a potential first checkpoint to where they could get him in. Um, you know, based on all those factors that I, that I named. And so, you know, obviously we assume that he is healthy at this point because otherwise they would not be doing this. Uh, we also assume that he's probably looked good in practice, but part of that was probably, you know, contingent on where the dolphins were in the standings, because you, you assume that behind that offensive line with a, a rookie quarterback who. Uh, can he he can get out there on the move, but he's not like a a super scrambling type of quarterback. They probably for 2020 are better with Ryan Fitzpatrick just just for this year to win games. Right, and so you know he from Fitzpatrick's perspective, he probably thought that he had played well enough to stave that off until maybe they are out of contention in the last half of the season or right. maybe they keep winning because that defense is playing decent. Yeah, the defense and, is pretty good. Yeah, and the secondary is for sure. And, um, you know, he probably thought that even though this was always a chance for the bye week to be the first shot to get to it in, he probably thought that he had played at such a high level. And honestly, like, he talked about it in the interview. This was only the second time in his career where he really felt like he was having fun and he was like fully invested in the team and the team was fully invested in him and they were having a decent time. And the only, only other time was when he was with the bills and they had some success there in Buffalo. Right. And so I think he was just having fun. And honestly, he, he said it also that, you know, he doesn't know if this is going to be his last game. Like he, he doesn't know if he's played his last game because if he gets sort of planted by, you know, two and he doesn't come back next year and they don't make the playoffs or whatever, it could be his last game. So it's sad for Fitz Magic. Hate to see him go. Yeah, we were. I was not ready for to see him go, and it's just it's just a sad time in football, you know. But football is a business, and business decisions are made every day, whether we like it or not. Um, kind of sucks but it is what it is um but uh, with staying here on this afc east uh we've seen some regression from two teams that we thought were going to be a lot better um we've seen josh allen and the bills uh handed a couple losses back to back um first to those titans as we talked about and then to the kansas city chiefs this past monday and then the Patriots, um, also who were on a good streak to start the season, have regressed. Um, and after even after getting Cam Newton back from the COVID nineteen list, uh, ended up losing to a Broncos team who did not score a touchdown. Uh, so two teams there who we had high hopes for a couple weeks ago, now not looking so great, Ben. Yeah, I mean. We can start with Josh Allen. I mean, oh, we were talking about the MVP after like week two or three, and I kind of threw him in there as, you know, kind of a dark horse candidate just because of the way he'd been playing. That wide receiver core had seemed to unlock a little bit of his accuracy with the deep ball, and that has completely gone in the other direction. And, you know, he didn't look 
100% terrible versus the Titans. Like, they were able to move the ball. He just turned the ball over in, like, the worst possible times. But then against the Chiefs, I mean, it was, like, 2018 or 2019 Josh Allen accuracy. And so, you know, th- we see this happen, honestly, with quarterbacks who outperform their career marks um, pretty substantially for the first however many weeks, four, six, eight. Eventually, regression does come for those guys who are inherently a little ac- uh, inaccurate. But, um, you know, I would still take Josh Allen as a top 15 quarterback for sure because of what he can do on the move and, um, you know, what he can do with those receivers with his arm, fitting the ball in tight windows. Um, it's always going to be a little inconsistent. Even within a game, he can be inconsistent where he has a good half, but then the second half might be a little rough. We just happened to see it in a different form this year where he had a really good first four weeks, but the last two weeks have not been so good. But he can come out the next quarter of the season and be really good, or hell, he can even have a good last 10 games of the season for all we, all we know. But I think we know at this point that it'll always be a little bit up and down. I would still take him on my team. Uh, well, Definitely. not my team. But not, yeah. <laughs> not my team. But, maybe, maybe the fantasy uh, team. If I was starting a team, I would definitely he'd be in my first round because you obviously take a quarterback with your first pick. In a, like if you every every team redrafted, you'd obviously take a quarterback, and he'd be in the top fifteen for sure. Yeah, for sure. And then the Patriots also they had that big um, impact of the COVID where Cam was uh, sent on the COVID list and had to miss. Um, a game and Brian Hoyer and yeah. Jared Stidham at, had to come at, out As there. it turns out, having COVID and not working out with your team and not practicing with your team for two weeks, it's not beneficial. It, it is not. Ask Cam Newton um, as he and uh, the Patriots are only able to put up 12 points against this Broncos team uh, with Drew Locke coming back and Drew Locke even threw two picks and – still beat the he was, Patriots. He was trying to give the game away. Yeah, it was and then when there was drops by some rookies, um it was hey. it was it was rough. Hey. hey, I'm yeah, I'm calling out Jerry Judy. Jesus. I had to do it. But it's disrespectful. But yeah, the Patriots um after that really hot start um not looking so great now, Ben. What do you think uh is going to go on in New England? Well, it really depends on what they can get out of Julian Edelman because, you know, they they were super competitive in that Seahawks game, and that was the game where he had gone off for, like, something like 179 yards or something like that, the highest total of his Patriots career. Um, but in these last few games, he's looked kind of washed. I mean, it's tough to say. I mean, people were saying that about Julio after the first couple of weeks, but obviously that was due to injury. But you have to ask that question about Julian Edelman. Is he – injured because he looks like he's like shying away from hits really not trying to take any contact which you know, i guess any little receiver's not like dishing out punishment like he's trying to bowl people over but he's like actively going down and not trying to get any yak whenever he catches the ball so that is a concern because i think cam will be fine uh, i think he's got to knock off the rust i mean you see a lot of these athletes even not just football, but in baseball, like whenever they come back from COVID, 
definitely takes a couple of weeks to get into form. Um, just not necessarily even from like complications from the virus, just be, just because you haven't been working out, like you're out of rhythm. And so I think Josh Allen or Josh Allen, I think Cam Newton will be fine. Yeah, I think but so too. I guess I'm not that concerned about the Patriots, but I mean, it, it extends past Julian Edelman. Like Nikhil Harry's looked terrible. Like he's looked like a complete bust. Yeah, he, he has not uh, taken that step at all that we were hoping to see. Um, he he can't separate. He, you know, he can't catch the jump balls. He's he's just not looking like a first-round pick in the least. Yeah, uh, and people tell me that there's a significant step down from Rob Gronkowski to Ryan Izzo. And they would be right. Yeah. They would be right. Okay, so the last little bit I wanted to go into um, in this AFC East. Am I going to get to draft here? You're going to get to draft. I feel like you've gotten two draft picks in a row. No, no, no. This is one draft pick. The AFC East is one draft pick. Oh, okay. But I want... taking, you, took, you just bundled, you bundled Fitz, Josh Allen, and the Patriots all together? Well, I'm going to bundle Adam Jesus. Gase in this as well. Because he is still the head coach of the New York Jets who are 0-6, worst point differential in the league at the moment. I think they've put up 95 points in six games. Uh, Just really... Minus 110. Yeah. It's rough. It's rough. They are continuing to look awful. Darnold got hurt. Flacco's been garbage. They traded Le'Veon Bell, which is something we'll get into here in a little bit. Um, But... This team is so bad. Funny report that came through. They actually made a trade with the Buccaneers uh, this last week. And defensive lineman Steve McLendon was traded to Tampa Bay. And after this game against the Dolphins last week where they were blown out 24-0, McLendon did not even go back with the team and drove a car to Tampa Bay from Miami because oh he would not have to go back with the Jets. That tells you how awful this franchise is and how and the craziness that Adam Gase is still the head coach over there, it baffles me, Ben. That that sounds like Le'Veon Bell with the Pittsburgh Steelers where he wouldn't even go back in the locker room because he was holding out. And so they just like rummaged through his like shoes and all his equipment that he had in the locker room and just like, like, like some pirates or some like looters. They like looted his locker room. I mean, is, is McClendon just not going to get the shit that's in his locker room? Like, he's like, leave it all there. He hit up Hurts and he's like, guys, just mail it to me. Yeah. He's like, I'm out of here. It's all good. I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. I get it, man. That, that team is just, a pure shit show. It's it's awful. But I will cut it off there so my man Ben can get a draft pick in. Jesus. Ben, pick number five, it's all you. Okay. All right. We got to talk about the Bucks. The Bucks are they're pretty good. They're pretty, pretty it good. It saddens me to have to agree with this. I know that this is a bad category. But the fact that they're good is bad. And it's bad for us, and it's bad for our brand, 
the Split the Uprights podcast was not in on the Buccaneers. Um, but what we underestimated was this Buccaneers defense. Their young corners are playing well. Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, um, that secondary. They got Antoine Winfield Jr., who Looking I like a boss. His good name. I slandered it when I said that they should be in on trading for Jamal Adams, which eh, maybe that wasn't incorrect, but it certainly has not been apparent that they had needed him in the first six weeks as their defense is top five right now. I think in all statistical measures and Brady has looked up and down, but he's been solid enough to the point where, you know, these receivers can get open enough to the point where the offense can run efficiently enough when coupled with that defense to be pretty good. And so they are four and two right now. And they, that honestly is a, you know, four and two compared to their like efficiency metrics, like DVOA and their EPA added and all the other nerd stats. They could be like five and one or better. Like they are very efficient right now on both sides of the ball. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And they also haven't even been at full strength um, for the full season with Chris Godwin's been hurt. They lost OJ Howard um, for the year. Brady has looked much better than we thought. Um, he's had some up and downs, uh, bad game against the Bears. Um, and then that New Orleans game to start the season. But for the most part, Brady's been great. Uh, Ronald Jones actually picking up uh, a lot of uh, a lot of slack there in Tampa Bay. Uh, rushed for over 100 yards, I think, his last two games, uh, looking much better than we expected. And, and uh, but it is very bad for the split the uprights ba- brand here. Um, we were not in on them, um, but we also uh, were very high on the Falcons, and you see how that has worked out so far. So we we're, gave all the juju to the Bucks. Yeah, they we took all the juice from the Falcons. They did, and it, it's rough. But I'm right there with you. I'm sad about the Bucks. I don't want them to be good. Um, but looks like that defense is for real. So we'll have to keep uh, monitoring it going forward. Ben, did you have any last ones you wanted to get out before we switch over to the good side? No, I have no more bad stories. Some will say a notable omission is the Chiefs taking their first loss. But I'll tell you guys, if we would have recorded after that game, I wouldn't have had a lot for you because I wasn't really that down. I mean, the offense still looked fine. I mean, they they scored 32. The Raiders just played really good, honestly. Like, their defense got enough pressure on Pat that he had to get on the move uh, more than he wants to. I know he likes to get outside the pocket sometimes. And that's how he gets a lot of his big time throws and all his big plays. But um, they were rushing him in such a way that they could roll him out. And then they had like a spy on him. They had a linebacker ready to come at him whenever he rolled out. And so he had to make decisions a little bit before he wanted to. Um, So I'm not that worried about the offense at all. And then we saw that against Buffalo. Like they kind of pivoted to more of a heavy run game when these teams are going to play like, rush only three or four and just play deep coverage like we're not going to give up any big plays okay cool we will run Clyde 26 times and we will get 160 yards out of it with great efficiency and so 
I think teams defensively are going to still take that approach against the Chiefs because you'd rather do that than give up the three or four deep bombs. Right. But, you know, we need to be able to at least, you know, counter what they're doing. And so, you know, if we're able to run the ball and then do the short and intermediate stuff, 10 plays at a time, you know, 10 play drives, fine. We will do that. And so, you know, defensively, Usually against the Raiders, we just dare Derek Carr to throw deep balls, and we take away all the short stuff, and we take away all the intermediate stuff. You know, we play our safeties up. We have robbers in the middle of the field ready to just pick six them like last year at Arrowhead. Uh, but this year, he actually called our bluff, and he hit a few deep shots to Henry Ruggs. Shout out to Henry Ruggs. And he made his pay, and so we lost by eight. The only sad thing about that is we're not going to go undefeated. And yeah. that pains me. Uh, I I don't feel for you at all right now with that. So, <laughs> <laughs> no sympathy for you guys to lose one game. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so that does not make the bad category just because I would not have been worried. And I and Ryan can attest for this at the moment. I was not worried. Yeah, I, I will vouch for Ben in that situation. I asked him how he was feeling. And he's like, yeah, it, it's going to happen. One of the, you're going to play a bad game every now and then, but this team's solid. This team's fine. And we're going to get in some more stuff about them here. But let's go ahead and start off this good draft right now. Mm-hmm. Ben, I'm even going to go ahead. I'm going to give you the number one pick here on the good draft as well. What is the best thing happening in football right now? Oh, let's go happy. And when – you know, we look for happiness. We look for hope. And when you look for hope, you look for youth. And the best youthful player right now is Vikings rookie receiver, Justin motherfucking Jefferson. Yes. Go off, Ben. A star. I think he's the highest rated wide receiver by PFF. He has a right 90, 90.8 overall grade. Yeah, at wide receiver. He, I, I know he was the highest after um, week five, and I would only assume after his crazy performance that he's the highest after week six. Um, Justin Jefferson is absolutely insane. Absolutely fantastic. Insane. He's fantastic. And I don't think it's stopping, and I think we found, you know, along with CeeDee Lamb, our two best rookie receivers, at least for 2020. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. If uh, I had the number one pick here, I would have made this same choice. Um, Personally, getting to watch Justin Jefferson uh, firsthand against the Falcons this week, I was so impressed with this kid. Um, He is fifth in the league in uh, yards right now and really didn't get much targets in weeks one through three and already has three touchdowns. the, he just looks great. He looks uh, much more polished than you'd think for a kid um, his age. And I love this kid going forward. I, actually, I love his touchdown dance, too. I will say that. <laughs> that dance is nice. It's fun. I don't know what it's called, but it's fun to watch. Absolutely. Okay, Ben. I'm going to take this number two pick right now. Yeah, so I... I let you have this one. Okay. I, you know what you're about to say was number one on my board, but I thought it was only right that it come from you. I have 
the number two overall pick, and with good reason, it is a Falcons story. The Falcons have fired head coach Dan Quinn and general manager Thomas Dimitrov. And you say, Ryan, someone getting fired is bad. No, not in this case. (laughs) The Falcons were sitting at 0-5 after losing to a Panthers team who just did whatever they wanted to this team. This team looked defeated. They looked incompetent. It was awful. But here we are, guys. One week later, Raheem Morris has taken over the job, and the Falcons go into Minnesota, where they were 0-4 in the Dan Quinn era against the Vikings, and smack the Vikings around after the Vikings just had this big game against Seattle where they were right in it, and everyone's like, oh, maybe Minnesota's coming back. Maybe Minnesota's you know, not as bad as we think. And then they go home, and the Falcons smack them around. They get three first-half interceptions on Kirk Cousins. Falcons are coming back, making the playoffs. There it is. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. No, the, I, that, I just wanted to make sure. That's not a fact. They will not make the playoffs. No, they're not going to make the playoffs. No. But I was, gonna, I was thinking about this. Do you think there's any chance that Raheem Morris – they they take the interim tag off of him, and they let him coach next year. Any chance? Well, according to Arthur Arthur Blank, the owner of the Falcons, uh, he said that if Raheem Morris went eleven and zero over the rest of the season, he would consider making him the head coach. He said that. Yeah, and he he said that jokingly, obviously. But he said it more of a chuckle, you know what I mean? But so that's a no. <laughs> it's it's it, unless some miracle happens and the Falcons make the playoffs and then can somehow make a deep run in the playoffs. I I think this is going to be him like auditioning for his next coaching job. Can I give you some hope? Yeah, let's hear it. So the Falcons' record is one in five right now. Correct. It is indeed. The 2015 Chiefs found themselves at one in five after six weeks, and they won 11 in a row before they lost the Patriots in the divisional round. Mm. So it can be done. It can. And honestly, um, the Falcons' schedule over the next few weeks is pretty light, honestly, and there's a chance that they could go into their bye week. Um, I think they'd probably be like four. I think they'd be four and five or three and five, something like that. Uh, they played Detroit this week. Um, they have Carolina the week after that. Carolina has looked good, um, but does look beatable. And the Falcons just, you know, played them and they've looked awful before, but uh, they're revamped a little bit. The defense decided that they wanted to actually play. Um, they are going to be getting uh, their best pass rusher, Tack McKinley, and probably their best corner, Darquez Denard, back soon. So maybe this defense can even be a little bit better uh, than it was against uh, the Vikings on Sunday. But there's there's some hope uh, there for the Falcons. Um, not I don't know if they're 
really going to be able to do anything this year. And I'm not necessarily sure I want Raheem Morris back. Um, but if, if he, I also do hope that he proves me wrong and somehow the Falcons make the playoffs. Cause as much as I want a new head coach and as much as I want Eric B enemy, I was going to ask you yeah. if that, that was your number one. Yeah. It's B enemy is my number one for sure. Um, as much as I want Eric B enemy, I don't want to watch the Falcons lose. As a fan, what do you think? What do you think you're getting with Eric Bieniemy if the Falcons do end up going that route? Like, how good do you think he'll be? What do you think he brings to the table? So, from what I understand, a lot uh, from Eric Bieniemy is um, he is a little bit of he's a players' coach, but he also holds the players to a much higher standard um, and will call players out when they're not performing. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, which is something that I think Dan Quinn really lacked. I think Dan Quinn is is a great leader, but he's not one that really is going to harp on those things. He's like, oh well, we'll get, we'll just get back to the drawing board, you know, we'll keep trying and things like that. He's not going to pissed ho- off. Yeah, yeah, we're pissed off. Yeah, you know, I, we've heard all those, you know, motivational sentences and motivational words that he always has. I think Eric Bieniemy is going to be more of an action guy than a you know, a talker. Oh, he'll get after your ass. Yeah. And that's, and that's what we need. I think the Falcons need a bit of a culture shock, um, which is really strange because you saw, and I think that you're actually kind of getting a little bit of that with Raheem Morris um, right now. You saw the difference in play um, from all the players this week. Matt Ryan, who had looked awful in the last two games, comes out and throws for 371, four touchdowns, no picks, Looks great. Gets Offensive Player of the Week. And then the defense decides that they want to show up for the first game uh, of the year. And Deion Jones, who has been god-awful so far this season, gets a pick on the first play of the game. Looks great in coverage. Breaks up a a catch in the end zone later in the game. Um, By far his best game of the season. Uh, A.J. Terrell ends up getting his first interception so does uh Foyasade Aluakon and this team just looks much more motivated and ready to go and like a lot less like lax and just not caring so maybe you're getting a little bit of that with Raheem Morris but I think overall the Falcons cannot succeed with Dirk Cutter as their offensive coordinator and unless Raheem Morris is able to bring in somebody else if he was to gain the job I would rather that be run through Eric Bieniemy because he's going to you see what happens as the Chiefs offense, you know. It it's great. I know Andy Reid does a lot of the things there. Um but he's, you know, said that Bieniemy's job is just like Matt Nagy's was um in Kansas City, so I'm very comfortable with Bieniemy being the guy in Atlanta. Oh yeah, for sure. I think from an offensive perspective, I think with Bienemy, you're getting the Andy Reid offense, but I think you're getting it with like no software updates. Like yeah. I think he'll take all the concepts that they've already come up with, and there are some things that he does bring up, like the run, like run the what is it, roll the Rose Bowl right parade or whatever the hell that thing was called in the Super Bowl. Yeah, where they had like three guys in the backfield and they did the little spinning tops thing. Yeah. That was actually Eric Bienemy's idea. Like he saw that, like he was watching old like rose bowl tape from like the 50s or some shit love it and he's like oh this looks cool so 
we he put that in there before the season started and they practice it all year long and they finally break it out in the Super Bowl. So I think certain things like that you'll get, but like there's like every year Andy Reid comes up with like a new concept that everybody just starts copying. And yep. I don't think you'll have that effect, but you will get, you know, the really good breakdown of beating man, beating zone. Like Andy Reid's just the way he sets things up is insane. You'll get that with Eric Bieniemy at least. You'll get you'll get his tendencies. Yeah, that, that and that's what I, that's what I really would love in in Atlanta and and the the accountability that he holds the players to. That's I feel like that's very necessary in Atlanta with the with the players that we have on the roster currently. And if you're looking at the Falcons, um, they have all their draft picks. Uh, they're able, you know, depending on how the season finishes, they could fit, pick a very high, and you can take your quarterback of the future, or you can take a very good defensive asset, you know, anything like that. You're, and then you kind of give them the keys to the, you know, keys to the show right here, you know. So they're going to be inheriting a good roster, and you know, still have a lot of draft capital as well. Absolutely. Just get some more DBs. <laughs> Never have enough DBs. I think, I think AJ Terrell is going to be really good though. Oh, I, I think I, he's good. I like him. I think he's good. We got it. But, and also Isaiah Oliver has his snaps have been dropping. And once dark Denard is there, I don't expect him to get any snaps. So, they need to have like a Viking funeral for Isaiah Oliver. Just throw him into the, Throw him in the river. Yuck. He's been god-awful. We could have put him on the bad list if we needed to. He, honestly, we are right yeah, now. We're yeah. putting him on the bad list. You're you're bad. Okay, Ben, <laughs> you got the number three overall pick on the good draft. You are on the clock, sir. All right. Um, so this is taking a little bit of a sour note in terms of where it went after this fun fact, but... I would like to shout out the Browns for starting four and one. They're now four and two. They got smacked around, but four and one for the first time since 1994, when Bill Belichick was the head coach, Nick Saban was the defensive coordinator. Impressive. Um, Kevin uh, Stefanski's done a great job, just kind of turning around the culture. Uh, Baker, he's not looked good, which is kind of amazing because. If you would have told me Baker has not looked good, I would say that they're probably two and four or one and five. But somehow they've seemed to overcome that and still put up a four and two record. Um, we'll see what they do the rest of the season. But the Browns are at least in playoff contention. And that is for the better because it's not uh, actually, I don't know. It is kind of fun to see the Browns chip the bed every year. Yeah. That is, kind of, that is actually kind of fun. But. It's a good change, I think, for the people of Cleveland that, you know, they're at least going to be relevant all the way into November. Unless, you know, well, I mean, there's only two more weeks left of game, so at worst they'll be four and four. Uh, I don't see that happening, but they'll I think they have least... Cincy this week, so I think that they should be okay. Hey, they're so, favored for sure. Yeah. So, you know, they could be five and two. Once you get to five and two, they're really going to have to do a lot to not make the playoffs with the fact that there's seven seeds. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I also think uh, there's a little, been a little bit of an OBJ resurgence. Um, he looks a little bit like you his old self. And when OBJ looks like his old self, it's good for football. 
and I think the the culture shock that uh, Kevin Stefanski has brought in here, Stefanski, Stefanski, Fonzie, you know, hey, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, when uh, Kevin Stefanski came in and uh, really shook things up here, really got this team settled from the disaster that was Freddie Kitchens last year. I think the players um, hold him in a higher respect and see the, you know, philosophies he's really bringing in. And you, you see the benefits, you know, the four and two record um, is obviously a much better start, even though Baker um, hasn't looked like we had hoped. Um, the Browns may be in, in, you know, in for a new quarterback sooner than we thought. Uh, Baker just hasn't looked it, but you know, the team overall is playing really good. Miles Garrett looks great. Um, as we always thought he would. Uh, but it, it's very nice to see for some uh, Browns fans who've had a really hard time over the last God God knows how many years. Yeah, for sure. We just need to get Baker on the straight and narrow. You know, he's not he's not healthy right now. He's got those bruised ribs, which, um, you know, they took an uh, MRI. They took an X-ray. And it showed that he did not have broken ribs. But if you actually have a cracked rib, I heard this uh, this week. If you have a cracked rib, sometimes the little like white line that indicates that a, like a bone's broken won't show up on the initial uh, X-ray if it's like slight enough. And um, if whatever, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. I just play one in this podcast in the tweets or whatever. Yes. So he actually could have still had broken ribs to the point where that would hurt. That would hurt like a bitch. It really would. Okay, I'm going to take this number four here, and I'm going to stay over in the AFC North, and I'm going to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense. Wow. What a defense they have over there in Pittsburgh. They have only, they have allowed 94 points over the first six games, which is first in the league. Uh, you know, T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree off the edge look great uh, this Steelers team is five and0 uh, Big Ben doesn't look like old Big Ben but he looks like sufficient enough Big Ben um, and then the emergence of rookie Chase Claypool uh, and uh, second year guy Deontay Johnson uh, and James Connor actually looking like James Connor not you know being injured it, the Steelers look great and they uh, are leading this division right now at five and zero. Ben, before the season, I told you that the Steelers were going to be very, very, very good, and we had a d- debate about it. How are how are you feeling about the Steelers today? Um, I'm definitely feeling a little bit better, but I I do think that the defense is actually going to regress. I mean, their coverage uh, by PFF is actually ranked in like the twenties. Um, so. I think that'll regress as they face better quarterbacks. I think from a quarterback's perspective, they've actually had a pretty easy schedule to start the season. Um, and then they lost Evan Bush, and that's absolutely tragic because he's great. He was such he was such a playmaker. Like it seemed like he was always in on things and like turning the ball over. And they're not going to have that. And he's actually like the leader, like calling out plays. He's got the, like the radio in his head or whatever in his helmet, and um, that's not good. That's not what you want to see. Um, so I, I think I'm definitely higher because big Ben looks competent. Like he's not throwing the ball deep anymore, really. 
he's more checking it down. Um, but with these receivers, they'll get open. Like Juju's good enough to where, you know, he can play in the slot and get open. Uh, he, he's not quite as uh, as good as people thought. Like he was a little overrated coming off that 2018, but he can still do that. Deontay Johnson is really good. And Chase Claypool. I mean, you could have put him in the good category right after Justin Jefferson. Honestly, all these rookies, these rookies They've are really great. Like T- They've been great. T Higgins. Uh, CD Lamb's been great. Um, LaVisca Chenault. Chenault, throw him in there, just doing things. Um, you know, Judy's been dropping some balls, but he's been solid. Like, he's still on pace for, like, 900 yards, even though it's been a little bit of a slow start um, with kind of the subpar quarterback play after Locke went out. Henry Ruggs. Yeah, Ruggs, like, getting hurt, but, like, you saw – against the Chiefs and uh, the first couple of the games of the season. I know he didn't put up, like, huge statistical numbers, but the, he adds such a, an element to that Raiders offense that they really don't use when he's not on the field, like those deep shots. Yep. And so, you know, a good is just all these rookie receivers. But, um, you know, the Steelers, they're, they're definitely a little bit better. You know, I was factoring in to my predictions the chance that Big Ben – could not look good and it hasn't been like that you know honestly we'll see you know they're playing a good titans team this week you know if they're down you know maybe they will have to throw it deep and so we could see that in this game you know he's he hadn't had to do that and so he's just been checking it down a little bit more but um you know he has looked solid and with these receivers you don't have to do much Oh yeah, and I am super excited about that game at five and zero versus five and zero. We're we're gonna get a, a real barn burner out of this one. Ben, go ahead here. You're gonna have the next pick in the good draft. What do you got for me? Let me see here. I think honestly, oh the Panthers. Okay. The Panthers. Let's talk about. So they them. took a, they took an L in week six against the Bears. This was a little bit more hype, just like the Browns were. A little more hype after week five when they were three and two, but uh, you know Matt Rule, he's got this program headed in the right direction. Teddy B, he had a rough game against the Bears too, but in general he's looked pretty solid. Um, these receivers have looked really good. Robbie Anderson, uh, who you can't see when he turns sideways, you actually lose him. I think that might be to his advantage. Yeah, whenever he's running a crossing route. The safety actually can't see him because, you know, you got to think he's perpendicular to the safety. Yep. So he, like, loses him, and then all of a sudden he's running up the sideline. So, you know, that's a big advantage for Robbie Anderson, um, being able to turn sideways. and Shape shift. Yeah. He's a he's like an amoeba. Yes. And so, uh, you know, he has, after getting rid or getting out from underneath Adam Gaze's control, shape shifted into a good receiver. And so Absolutely. we always thought he was decent, like a good deep threat, but he's turned into an actual down to down good receiver. Yeah, hundred percent agree. And then DJ Moore started slow, but he's still got the talent. I'm going to lose that bet probably. But um, Calvin Ridley fourth in the league right now in receiving yards and second in touchdowns. He's dropping. He was first after the first three weeks. He's dropping. Um, he, he was hurt. He's still killing it. <laughs> this is not an ASMR stream. All right. Or stream, a podcast. But, um, yeah. He the, caught another touchdown pan- this week. 
<laughs> stop it. And so the Panthers, they're headed in the right direction. I still don't like that Derek Brown pick. He's not graded out well. Um, but, you know, when if, if Matt Rule can get this offense, you know, revved up, I don't think Teddy B is like the answer long term. They're going to have to add another quarterback to fully unlock his system and Joe Brady and the whole thing. But, you know, three and three. I mean, we, I think we projected them for like, I think I had them like five wins. I don't even remember what I had them at, but yeah, not, not three and three on pace to go eight and eight. Definitely not. So, well, I, I also got to give some props to them because they lost um, Christian McCaffrey uh, early in the season. I think it's week two. And, they haven't really missed a beat there as Mike Davis has come in and looked incredible. Um, he's getting the same exact work as you would expect Christian McCaffrey to get. And he's doing some amazing things with it. Um, the defense has been a little bit better than I thought. Um, they're not great, but they're a little bit better. Um, rookie safety Jeremy Chin has played um, a lot better than I expected as well. And I, I'm pretty impressed. And they, uh, I last saw them uh, play uh, a beat up, not a beat up, but just a god awful Falcons team, and it, it was an embarrassment. Um, but they they looked good. Teddy's not um, making mistakes. He's not really uh, turning over the ball, uh, which is something that he's not really done his whole career. He's been really pretty good with holding on to the ball. Um, but he's, you know, he's excelling that offense. We've seen him take some deep shots, like you said, with Robbie Anderson and stuff like that. And, you know, that, look at these Panthers, you know. They, we're expecting them to, for sure, get like a top, you know, five pick. And they look like they're a much improved team, uh, much much better than we expected. I'm, for I'm, sure. I'm going to go and take this next one here. And I'm surprised. I tried to give you this one. And you, you passed on it to talk about the Panthers. Didn't want it. Uh, I'm gonna give it to you. Well, former as as a ch ceh owner in Dynasty or manager, sorry, manager. We we can't say owner. No, no, no. 2020. Um, this is not. It's not that fun. It's really not hey, that fun. I'm gonna put it in the good category, okay? Because whenever right, whenever your team can still add a player. At the level of Le'Veon Bell, that's a good thing. So, even if your dynasty team takes a shot right here, your real life Chiefs team is getting some real big boost, I think. And Le'Veon looks like he is going to be so excited to be on this team after what he's gone through in New York. You got to think that he's going to come out guns blazing uh, when he gets his opportunities. So, Ben. As the resident Chiefs fan on here, what are your thoughts on Le'Veon and what he can bring to this team? All right, so there was no rookie camps. There was no, um, you know, OTAs. There was really not a training camp to speak of. So Clyde, you know, he wasn't really asked to pass block when he was at LSU. Uh, he's a grinder. Like he's a, he's actually like kind of an old old home country boy or whatever. So, you know, he will get better in time in terms of pass blocking and some of the, like the finer points of playing running back in an Andy Reid offense, but he's not that good at it right now. And so from that perspective on some third downs, um, you already see him come off the field a lot for Daryl Williams 
on third down. But can we just say that Daryl Williams is like going to be non-existent now? Oh, he's going to be yeah. Casper the Friendly Ghost. He's going never going to see him again. No, you you, just, you might as well forget his name. Um, but he'll be on the roster. He'll be the third string. But uh, maybe honestly, I don't know. Darwin might make him inactive. We'll right. see. We'll see. Um, also, Darwin's not that good, so he should probably get out of here too. Yeah, he sucks. Yeah, it's like he can run, but whenever you ask him to do anything but run, he's not good at all. Agreed. Yep. Darwin, the unnatural selection. <laughs> <laughs> you love to see but, it. But, um, you know, some of the passing game stuff, Lev will help with. Uh, he's a bigger guy than Clyde. You know, Clyde has a decent amount of broken tackles so far this year. He kind of like he had a great first game, and then it was kind of a lull in terms of broken tackles over the next like four weeks. Uh, but then against the Bills, you saw him break. I think he had nine. Uh, when you have 26 carries, you're going to have a high chance at getting broken tackles, but especially against a Bills run defense that had struggled in previous weeks. But um, from that perspective, I don't think he's going to take that many carries away from Clyde. He might take some of the goal line work away from him in certain points. But um, – you know, he, he will be the third round back. He will take that away from Daryl Williams and he will cut into a little bit of Clyde's work. I think it'll be like 60, 35, and then the other 5% will go to Darwin or Daryl or whatever. Uh, it's just depth because after Clyde, I don't really want to see Daryl Williams that much. He's not that bad. Like Daryl's actually like solid at the finer points. Like I said, he's been on the roster for three years. And so he knows how to pass block. That's why he's on the field on third down. Um, you know, he can catch little screens. He can do whatever. Uh, he's a, he's a capable warm body, but you know, if Clyde got hurt, I wouldn't really like, he's not Damian Williams and Damian Williams isn't like the craziest good running back, but he was solid. And so, you know, after, you know, after Clyde on the roster, I don't want to see Daryl Williams for a prolonged, prolonged period of time. And I don't want to see Darwin, Darwin Thompson, cause he's going to get Pat killed. Like if he's in there. Like he's going to miss a blocking assignment. It's going to happen. And so it's good from a depth perspective. And so it's more of like a, like just because of his name, Le'Veon Bell, like it's, oh, Le'Veon Bell. It's more of a fun pickup. It's not so much like going to move the needle too much, but gives them a little insurance policy. Probably helps them on the goal line because Clyde's a little guy. And yeah, solid. I think you got to say at least the Chiefs got better after signing him. Oh yeah. yeah, so largely, margin. So yeah, yeah, even even if it's a small small bit, I think it's still an exciting pick. So pickup. So I'm really excited to see what Lev Bell can do in this mm-hmm. offense. He's gonna. I think he's gonna be fun. What about some two back sets with him and Clyde on the field? That might be a little. Uh, that might I be mean, fun. As long as Sammy Watkins is out and and McCole Hardman can't break the starting roster, sure. Yeah, I'm here for it. Let's do it. So. Do you have any other ones? I have one more. Go for it. Okay, bud. I am just going to talk about this beast of a human that is Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, I think right now, could be the league's MVP. I know that's a quarterback award. Stop. Stop. But this guy is insane. So he has... 364 yards after contact through the six games, which would be, I believe, like seventh or eighth in 
just alone if he had that many yards in the league, like rushing yards. So his after contact yards are better than 90% of the rest of the league's rushing yards, the running backs yards. So it's just Derrick Henry comes off this crazy, crazy game, 22 carries, 212, two touchdowns, 52 receiving yards. I just want to talk about this guy as a possible MVP if he keeps this pace up. What do you, what do you no. think about that? You don't think it's possible? No. Hard reject. Hard pass. Is this pass. is this also because you are still mad at the Titans for what they did? Oh, I mean, they didn't ruin my bye week. <laughs> my team still got its bye week. I'm not a Steelers fan. It don't bother me that much. No. Nah. But, uh, no, Derrick Henry's not the MVP. He's good. He's very good. But he's a running back, and running backs don't matter. Sorry. Outside of the Titans, you could make that argument. I think in this case, though, I think we made that. I made this argument before that he – makes that offense go obviously if anything happened to him their offense would not look anything like it has and i also will give props to ryan Tannehill, who has played very well so far and had comparable numbers over his last i think it was 16 uh games once he took over um the titan starting job has very comparable numbers to patrick mahomes over those six 16 games and actually i think he's thrown three less interceptions stop Stop it yeah i think he's thrown 38 touchdowns five picks and like 70 less yards than mahomes and mahomes yeah yeah, so these numbers are very very similar so we got to give it up for Tannehill, who has also escaped adam gase and has looked great so i'm I'm gonna go ahead and just give it up for derrick henry in this situation because he makes that team go. And I think in that case, the running back does matter. It matters some. It definitely matters some. If it was Darrington Evans, it, I don't think it would look the same. Um, but honestly, if, if it was, you know, if Marcus Mario was still there and it wasn't Ryan Tannehill, it also would not look good at all. So honestly, I think it's more Ryan Tannehill actually looking good than Derrick Henry. But he is, along with like a handful of other running backs, he's one of the ones that actually does add some value. And it's kind of weird because usually those guys are of the pass-catching variety, and he's not really one of those guys. And so it's really just the fact that he can stiff-arm three people. He's just a bully. Like, punch him in the face he's just and then a, just run for a touchdown. He's just a fucking bully, dude. Like, ask Josh Norman, like, what ha- – like, what – happens when derrick henry comes at you he tosses you like a fucking rag doll it's insane like this man is just a superhuman throwing 200 plus pound men around it it's insane i just want to give a little shout out to derrick henry here as our last good thing going on in the nfl we got one little last thing for you guys we have a thursday night little bit of a preview uh, the Giants are going to be taking on the Philadelphia Eagles in this terrible NFC East. Ben, let's go ahead and get your thoughts, maybe even a prediction if you got one out there. Philly wins. Travis Fulgham catches three touchdowns. Carson wins. Your fantasy thir- team wishes, bud. Your fantasy team wishes. <laughs> Carson wins, puts up 35 fantasy points for me. And 
Daniel Jones fumbles again. But no. Okay, so I definitely think the Eagles win this game. They are currently favored by four. I have them covering that four points. I agree. You agree. Mark it down. We agree on this one. And so Carson Wentz has looked pretty good the last two weeks, uh, at least in the second half. You he's know, been, he's he been better. There. He's been better. He's looked solid. And so it's really been his defense getting pimp slapped and his offensive line kind of falling apart with all the injuries. He's holding on to the ball a little too long, but in his defense, where is he going to go with it? Other than throwing it up to Travis Fulgham, not too many options. Yeah, it's it's pretty rough over there in Philly right now. Um, they are looking to get Alshon back soon. I don't think he's going to be back for Thursday. Uh, nope. And then I think Deshaun Jackson is supposed to be coming back soon as well. But I, I don't think they really make that big of a difference. Uh, maybe Alshon does, but what I've been told that uh, is that Travis Fulgham is still going to be the X in that offense. So you were we, told. Well, like, from, what I, from what I read, let's say that. Sorry. Let oh. me rephrase. Oh. From what I read. I thought you were breaking news. I would love to be the one to break news. Maybe we can break some news on this podcast. Um, but I'm going to go I, from what I read that doesn't really matter, um, when Alshon comes back because Fulgham is playing so well. So we'll see, you know, how this team works, but I think the Giants team is so below, um, average on so many levels. Uh, Daniel Jones continues to suck, um, constant turnovers, fumbles, interceptions, whatever you, whatever you want, Daniel Jones can do it. Um, on the opposite side. So, uh, and then they just don't have, you know, the defense to really even keep up with this hurt Eagles team. So I'm, I'm going to take the Eagles uh, to cover that as well. Absolutely. So there you go. That's what you can expect on Thursday Night Football. A barn burner. Oh, it's going it's to, it's also, NFC East. it's also the lowest, uh, score prediction, uh, or total Over points. Yeah. yeah. 40, was it 42? I, I thought, I thought 43, but same thing. 40, 43. Oh boy. It's going to be, it's going to be an exciting one guys. And all the Thursday night games have sucked so far, except I think there was one that was good. Yeah. I'm trying to think back. Um, I remember it was like I know there was like Jacksonville in Miami and then like that sucked. Yeah, that was awful. Um, yep. I think it was like Denver and somebody else that was Jets. yeah that was Denver. And well, Jets. the actual game was sort of okay, but it was just so bad that like yeah. the teams just it was like it was like a close game that there were actually points in, but you could tell like both teams weren't good. Yeah, it it just yeah I think it was yeah Jets with like. The Broncos yeah. have their third string quarterback in. Yeah, yeah it was just they're, they, they haven't Bears been good. Bucks was pretty good. Yeah, that I think that was the best one. Yeah, because the Bucks lost that game, so that was nice. That helped. That helped us. Yeah, but then they blew out the Packers. What did Aaron Rodgers? You know, he shouldn't have done those three pumps, man. He shouldn't have done the pumps after that <laughs> touchdown. He blew. That his wasn't load even. Too that early. wasn't even a touchdown. He was down early. No, so, no, he he prematurely celebrate celeb. I can't even get like an ejaculated joke yeah. in there. I don't know. I saw where you were going there. At least you, you, we had the same similar mindset on that. Just it just didn't come through. No, I'm trying. I'm still trying to make it work, and there's no way to get it. Combine those two words into something good. We'll have it on the next pod. That joke yeah. will be the intro for the next pod. Yep, one hundred percent. 
All right, Ben, we are down uh, to our last uh, little section here. Do you have anything you want to talk about or let the fans know? Um, you know, we are back finally, and we're going to try to keep these going out for you guys. Uh, like I said, life was hitting us pretty hard, had some uh, some scares in the family, but everyone is good. So, Ben, what do you got for the people out there? Uh, obviously, share us, uh, rate us, review us, do all that fun stuff. Uh, we should be back from here on out. We should be back to our regular two a week, um, reviewing the games from the week before and then getting our picks out for the week after the week coming up. And so we should be back in your ear holes very shortly. Um, possibly, I don't know, we can live plan this on the pod, but maybe after Thursday night football tomorrow, I think you go back to work on Friday, right? Yeah. Or is it you go back to work on Friday? So we'll see. Um, that honestly would work best for your boy. If we we'll can work do it, it out. tomorrow, we'll work it out. Because Friday is usually kind of tough for you. It's a family night. And then Saturday, I have to get off work a little bit later and get up early for the work on Sunday so I can get out of work by noon or one. Fair. And so, and tomorrow, I got I got my love lovely team of my flag football players, my seven and eight year old squad, the Packers, who are uh, uh, four and two right now. So we're trying to, you know, do what we can here, see what we can uh, do this Sunday or Saturday, this Saturday, and try to. This is our last game. Try to get to five and two on the season. That's a good mark. It's a good mark. It's gonna be good. Five and two. Yeah, you love to see it. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you guys listening. Like Ben said, give us a like, give us a rating, give us five stars, share it with your friends, share it with give your us six mom. Stars. Give us all the stars you got. The stars will align if you do that. So we're going to go ahead and get out of here. And thank you guys again for listening to another episode of Split the Uprights. Yeah.